says here that Graybar is a distributor? Yeah, we support electrical and datacom projects all over the country. So you can get me the products I need, where and when I need them? Yeah, thanks to our national logistics network. Any industry? Yeah, construction, industrial plants, schools, hospitals. So you could say Graybar is much more than a distributor. Yeah, you could say that. When you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join the thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Yeah, Graybar does that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Good Nightingale. I'm Mike Claiborne, along with Bob Nightingale, the USA Today. We're going to talk a little baseball today. And Robert, uh, the trade deadline is behind us. It's in, it's in the dust. And I thought this would be the best time to talk about what took place uh, now that everybody's kind of taking a look at what's going on. So give me your impressions of this year's trade deadline activity. I mean, thank God the Mets gave up and their fire sale are also pretty dull as far as just, you know, big names. Uh, you know, obviously with uh, Berlander, you know, going to Houston and Scherzer going to Texas. Uh, but yeah, it's such a seller's market. Uh, you know, when I, when I saw you guys in, uh, in Phoenix and we were talking to Mo and I said, you know, if you're ever going to sell, this is the year to do it. Cause it's such a seller's market. So I thought, you know, I thought the Cardinals did well for the, uh, for the pieces they had to, uh, trade off. Uh, I'm surprised how you know, passive a lot of teams were. Uh, some teams, you know, gave up. You know, you know, Cleveland gave up. You know, they're right, they're right there, game back. Uh, you know, Seattle gave up. And some teams, uh, the Yankees and Red Sox did absolutely nothing. So, uh, you know, hardly any aggressive buyers. I do like the fact that Baltimore finally gave away some prospects, uh, you know, to, to grab clarity. Yeah, you know, that that's the thing. I, I look at the, the fire sales. And I look at the buyers. If I'm going to do business, I'm going to do business with a team that's got a good minor league system. And obviously, Baltimore has been able to do that. When you draft as early as they have over the last few years, you should have a few good players standing <laughs> around somewhere. But I, I think that that's probably more important than just acquiring players because we don't know if any of these guys can play. Okay. But we think, in some cases, because of what the organization has shown, that they have a better chance of being more competitive. But, you know, then there are other organizations you do business with and you say to yourself, wait a minute, they're bad because they don't have any good players. So it's I thought that was the most intriguing element of, of what took place this year as far as the trade deadline was concerned. Yeah, I mean, some of these teams just hang on their prospects like, you're oh, I'm going to turn out to be, you know, Albert Pujols or something. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's like, you know, give them up. Give away prospects to win. I mean, that's what I loved about the San Francisco Giants those years, you know. Uh, Brian Sabian would not hesitate at all to trade away prospects to go for it. He's got three World Series banners up, you know, over the ballpark now uh, because they trade away prospects. Uh, too many people hang on to these things, and it's almost like they're afraid of their jobs. You know, be aggressive out there. You know, these these guys they uh, hang on to prospects. Next thing you know, they're you know asking their owner for another five year extension. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you gotta you got you gotta win. I mean, here's the Mariners. You know, they make the playoffs last year for the first time in 21 years. Now you're giving up like one one time in 21 years is enough. Yeah, that that was really a head scratcher uh, with regard to them because I thought when you look at their organization and they've got some really good young pitching, you you say to yourself, wow, you know, they get a bat or two, they could really be in this thing, especially in the division that they're in. But they elected to move on, and, and I'm wondering, is that sending the wrong message uh, to to other teams and fans? where you get to the brink and then you look around and you say, ah, we're good. We'll, we'll build for 24 or 25. I don't think fans have that sort of patience anymore. So Bob, in your opinion, who, who had the best day? 
as far as trades were concerned. Uh, well, I got, I got to go. I got to go. Texas Rangers. I mean, here they spent over seven hundred million dollars the last two years in free agency, and now they uh, turn around and very active in, in the in the trade market. But not just getting uh, Scherzer, but you know, by getting uh, Jordan Montgomery too, and, and Chris Dredd, uh and then grabbing a uh, a catcher, you know, because of Heim being. Uh, hurt so i, I gotta go with texas rangers number one and i love that houston you know here's our top two prospects hey you got a chance to get Berlander back and they're going to chip in 50 you know 52 and a half million dollars all in on that so i got i got the texas teams as far as the uh the big winner here yeah you know i didn't get that i mean the the mets i know they they feel like they got a couple of good prospects but I mean, is is that sending the wrong message to the rest of the league, or is is Cohen just on an island by himself as far as his thinking and how he wants to make his team better? Well, it's just it's just a crazy flip flop. Uh, you know, you throw in you know three hundred fifty million dollars to you know the most money ever spent to try to win a World Series, and now you're spending about three hundred fifty million dollars for these guys to go away and just buy prospects. And these prospects better be, you know, turn out to be like Joey Otani or Paul Holes or something. Mike Trout, as it's, it's nuts. Uh, you know, now you're talk, telling your fans, hey, we may not be able to be uh, competitive until 2025 or 2026. So, yeah, just crazy. I'm sure 29 owners are, are laughing their heads off right now. And uh, hey, let's be honest, this is, this is a nightmare for the Players Association. I mean, the top three teams, you know, the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, you know, have all had, you know, massive disappointing seasons where you got these small market teams that don't spend money, you know, like, you know, Cincinnati, Arizona, you know, uh, Miami, Baltimore, all winning. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Miami. Kim Ng is in the last year of her contract with the team. And what she's been able to do in developing players that she can acquire, uh, you know, getting some, uh, making some trades, I think they may be the story of the year, in my opinion. I mean, what, what Skip Schumacher has done, he, they brought in a, a cardinal system of how they teach the game. But the fact that she went out and got a Jake Berger, tried to bolster their offense, uh, you know, solve an issue they've had at third base for a while. Uh, I really love what they're doing in Miami. And I think that they're going to be one of those examples that if they do a better job at scouting and developing players, they won't have to spend, you know, $30, $40 million on a player. Yeah, I love what they do uh, too. Uh, I even sent a note yesterday, just refreshing to see a GM go for it. You know, people are mocking it like, "Oh, look what they gave up for Berger! Look what they gave up for Josh Bell!" You know what? Both those guys are sluggers. Just go for it. Yeah, uh, if you have a good scouting and development staff, you know, go find more prospects. They're they're out there. And, you know, that's what those guys are for to find uh, to, to find the next level of talent. But yeah, hey. I mean, they're aggressive. They're trying to they're trying to go for it. Hey, you know, one of the things you, you just brought up the Players Association, what, what's the free agent market going to look like in the offseason? Because you have some guys that teams are going to take a long, hard look at. And now that we see that some of these free agent signings have not panned out, do you think there'll be some teams that'll be more hesitant and try and not necessarily lowball players, but maybe not give them the length as far as contracts are concerned? I would Think to be a factor. I mean, uh, hardly anybody's turned out. Um, you know, you look at the guys that just got traded with the uh, Josh Bell and uh, Gene Segura. You know, both both were flops. Uh, Matt Carpenter. You know, he could get released any day in San Diego. Uh, you know, the big boys. Uh, Trey Turner has uh, has struggled. Uh, Rondon has struggled big time. Wilson with the Contreras. With his injuries. Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Contreras and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, you know, Abreu and Houston. I mean, go on and on. It's unbelievable. 
how few guys that have turned out. Uh, yeah, uh, Bogarts in San Diego, $288 million. Yeah, go on and on. It's been a nightmare for the free agent market. Yeah, and I, I think this this free agent market is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I, I look at a guy like Jack Flaherty. I don't know if a team is going to give him a seven-year deal or eight-year deal. Um, I think we're going to see guys, teams say, hey, listen, we'll give you a three-year deal, maybe with an option or a two-year deal with an option, and we'll give you good money up front. And if it works, then you can get back in line. We can do it again. You'll be, you'll be in the prime of your career. You'll be 30 or 31 years old. You can go back and, and get another deal compared to sitting on a deal and everybody looking around saying, who thought this guy was a good idea? And I use Flaherty as an example, but there are plenty of players that are in that same situation. No, absolutely. I mean, you, you were setting up for the Jack Flaherty now and the Flaherty of a few years ago. Uh, I agree with you. If I'm a team, I just do a two or two or three year deal too. And, uh, you know, get all kinds of incentives in there and forces. Uh, if he performs well, but you're a little uh, gun shy. Uh, even, you know, Julio Urias is supposed to be the number one free agent out there. He's had the worst season of his career right now. You know, what do you give him? Uh, and it certainly hurts the market when you have when you have the uh, the Mets sitting out of the free agent market. Uh, we'll see what the Yankees do. The Dodgers, you know, they kind of stay out of that, you know, big boy market. They're waiting, you know, sitting back for Otani. Uh, you know, may not be those big time suitors out there either. Hey, you know, you you talk about Texas in the American League who really helped themselves. What about the National League? I mean, you know, the, the Cubs at the last minute decided they were all in. And, and I don't know how far they can go, although it's a very winnable division. Uh, Milwaukee and Cincinnati shouldn't scare anyone. Uh, Milwaukee has pitching. They went out and got an extra bat or two. But the bottom line is uh, there's still some winnable games in that division by all three of those teams. But overall, National League-wise, who do you think helped themselves the most? With the uh, Marlins uh, tried, and I, I like getting uh, Andrew Chafin. Uh, they got him pretty much for free. It was just a salary dump uh, by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny, the National League West, you looked at, you know, the Dodgers didn't do anything, the Padres didn't do anything. You know, the Hoser, you know, Padres did, did very little. So there wasn't much activity. I mean, like you said, the Cubs, you know, Went for it, you know. They dumped uh, you know another bad free agent contract. Uh, Trey Mancini, you know, released him. Uh, I do like you know what Milwaukee did. At least you know, at least they made some improvements. Uh, I thought Cincinnati would do something. I didn't think they were gonna do anything major, but I thought they would do something instead of just kind of sitting back. Uh, but yeah, nobody really ended uh, up. You know, they got a very aggressive owner in John Middleton. I got to put the Phillies definitely as uh, as winners by you know by by making their move. Yeah, you know, I, th- I thought Philadelphia put themselves in a great situation uh, because they weren't as, as in dire need of pitching, but they did add on to it because that bullpen they have is just lights out uh, and they add extra arms there. And, and I think what we're seeing is teams saying, you know what, we're going to go six innings with our starter and then we're going to turn it over to the bullpen and we can do that on back-to-back days. And that's the key. You know, you can't have the same guys running out every day. But if you have four guys that you know you can count on every day out of your bullpen, then all of a sudden you're going to be a real tough team to beat. Yeah, I was telling the uh, Philly guys, I, Michael Lorenzen is a tough dude. I mean, you saw him in those years in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, shoot, he can be a bat off the bench, too, if, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a very good pickup uh, by, by Phillies. And they're aggressive, but that's Middleton. Very aggressive. Atlanta made you know, a couple moves, but you know, 
for Atlanta, what kind of major move are you going to make? You're already 11 and a half games up in first place. It's like yeah. you're looking for the playoffs. You know, I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they maintain. I mean, as you mentioned, 11 and a half games up. Uh, they've got to stay sharp because once these playoffs roll around, uh, you know, you can get knocked out quick. And that's something we've seen in the past. So I'm I'm wondering how Brian Snicker is going to keep this team focused uh, and keep their guys not only rested, but staying sharp as well. Yeah, it was Kim Rudy Whitney last year when they got beat by a hot Phillies team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Phillies were underdogs when they came to St. Louis and, uh, you know, won those two games and kept riding that wave. So, yeah, that's, that's the tough part. You've got to make sure those guys uh, stay strong. And, you know, those guys always play, so they should. I mean, those guys never take a day off. So, no, no, you know, no sense of taking time off in the, uh, you know, down the stretch either because you're going to have a four or five days off before you play your first game. Hey, you mentioned Trey Mancini was DFA. Matt Carpenter appears he's going to be out. Uh, Colton Wong has already been let go. Um, who else do you see that might be on that endangered species list? I mean, Josh Bell, uh, we'll see what the Marlins do, but, you know, he's been a disaster. Uh, you, you do have $16 million left in that contract. So, you know, they're not going to release him. But, yeah, there's a uh, uh, just a lot of, you know, veteran guys who just have, have not panned out. Uh, you know, we'll see what the, uh, we'll see what the pitching market is, uh, and some of these guys, but there's no, there's no veterans, you know, big time I say, okay, they're going to, they're about to be released. Cause I think they already would have been released. Might be more of a spring training type of thing. Yeah. I'm thinking when September rolls around and you have the call-ups and, and really what it seems like to me more than anything else, they're trying to clear out 40 man roster space more than anything else. And, and, you know, a lot of these teams have some young players that they want to develop, uh, we have a situation in St. Louis where Mason Wynn is a guy that they'll add to the 40 man down the road. Um, and you'll see some veterans, you know, say bye bye on that front. But it just seems to me like they're, a lot of these teams are just getting themselves in position to be able to elevate some of the people within their organization that aren't on the 40 man roster. Yeah, it's really a, uh, you know, a young man's game. And uh, everybody's looking for the, the young kids, uh, especially now with the new rules. You want young guys who have speed and everything else. Uh, you don't want these older players. You know, walks. You know, what are you going to do? You're, clock, you're clogging the base pass. You know, either either hit or uh, or, or go home. And uh, no. so that, I think it's a change too. I think you know Nelson Cruz is another guy who you know who still wants to play baseball, but no one's touching him. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Bob, um, before we get out of here, what do you think we should be paying attention to this week? I mean, now that the trade deadline is behind us, uh, what's the next thing you're going to start watching that we should pay attention to as well? Well, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to the Yankees. I mean, Yankees, you know, don't know what to do with Hamstrom. Uh, you know, let's see what they do this uh, weekend. It's funny as they, they play the Astros. So here's a Verlander, Verlander uh, facing uh, the Yankees uh, in New York. So I, I think that weekend series will be uh, really fun to watch. I mean, every time Houston comes to uh, Yankee Stadium, you know, it's, it's tough with all the booze and, booze and everything else. But now they may be booing nonstop. But they're booing their own team plus the, plus the yeah. Astros. Yeah, you get get a lot of practice of booing in in, in Yankee Stadium this weekend. That's, that is going to be interesting for sure. All right, Bob, it's always good to visit with you, sir. We will look forward to talking to you next week. This has been another edition of Good Nightingale on ClavesOnline.com. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amron, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next-generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. 
It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmarinIllinois.com renewables.